Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me is the one and only Miss Amanda with Full Body Fitness out of North Vernon, Indiana. Amanda, how are you today? I'm doing well. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk about all the exciting things that you're doing and, you know, your kind of perspective on the industry and, you know, all the things that you've done. So with that being said, I will kind of open up to you. Go ahead and just give our listeners, you know, a a little bit about you, you know, your passion, you know, what you've done, experiences and kind of how you got into this full body fitness. Yeah. So um, about, well, I guess it was five years ago, I got into health and fitness I lost 100 pounds all through diet and exercise. And with that, um, I started going to Zumba classes. And when I was taking the Zumba classes, a lot of the fellow clients said, hey, you're really good at this. You should teach. And that wasn't something I had never thought about. Um, So I started teaching at a local studio and actually branched out and started teaching at four different studios. And then the pandemic hit and I started doing Zoom classes for free to um, all my clients from the different studios. And then I realized, hey, I'm getting really great attendance. I should just start my own studio. And an opportunity came up to get an actual space. And so it was set into motion um, July of 2020 we opened up and started classes right smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. And so to my surprise, you know, we put in, um, we only allowed so many people in the building, put in safety precautions, and we just started filling up our space very quickly. And we have just continued to grow from there more than I could ever imagine. And so it has been a whirlwind, but it has been amazing, so. Love it. Love it. You know, I always love to hear a good success story, um, you know, throughout COVID and stuff like that, because obviously that, you know, challenged many that were out there in that industry, some good, some bad. Um, So yeah, so kudos to you. Um, you. So I I know you told me, um, you know, a quick little tidbit about the full body, but just kind of share listeners, you know, the reason behind the full body with 2E Fitness. So, well, we had meant to spell it B-O-D-Y, but um, when I went to register our name on the Indiana website, it was already taken. So I w- we had to open very quickly, and I really didn't have time to change from that. So I turned it into B-O-D-E-E. So, and you know, now I kind of love it. It's different. And we call ourselves FBF most of the time. So it works out. Yeah, there you go. It's uh, you know, when you see it, it's like, okay, that's like, you know, it's it's oh, it's almost like an eye catcher where it's like, oh, this is different. Like, you know, what's you know, what's this? Right. Yeah, um, now I kind of love it. So it worked out. <laughs> awesome. Um well, cool. Well, let's kind of dive in a little bit more about you know, full body fitness. Um, you know, with your, you know, your your facility, you know, how many members roughly do you have right now that you're you know actively coaching and that are coming regularly? Right. So we do 
We do a yearly membership and monthly memberships, and then we do where you can basically walk in anytime you want. So say you only want to come to one class or two classes a month, you can just walk in the door and come to the class. Um, so I think in January, we had a little over 100 people that actually stepped foot into the facility. We have about 1,200 square feet, so it's not huge anyways. We can't get more than 15 people in a class or we're you know, maxed out. Um, so honestly, for the space we have, we try to utilize it as much as we possibly can and fit as many um, classes in and personal trainings in that we can. So we're doing pretty amazing for our space. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, 1200 square feet, you know, that's, you know, anything, you know, hundred, maybe 120, you know, you're pretty much, you know, maxed out for the space or close to it, I guess, in a say. So, right. um, so you would say probably like, you know, between like, what, like 90 and hundred or, you know, just a little over a hundred recurring. Yeah, about a hundred. Um, we have 20 yearly members, so they go ahead and pay for the entire year to come unlimited for the entire year, any class they want. So, nice. yeah. Um, so with that, you know, kind of give your, let's say elevator pitch of, you know, if, if a new client were to come to you and they're like, Hey, like I'm looking for a new fitness routine, you know, 10 to 20 pounds, 20 to 30 pounds, you don't want to lose weight. You want to tone up all the good stuff. You know, what would kind of be your approach? How would you approach them? What would be your response as far as, you know, getting them to be a member in your facility? Yeah, so we always tell everybody that at Full Body Fitness, we are more than just your physical well-being. We we think it's your complete well-being, so mind, body, and spirit. So, you know, we're more of a community of women. We do things outside of the facility. Um, and if somebody comes to me, I always say, hey, let's smart let's start small. Let's, you know, get in 60 ounces of water a day. Let's get in, you know, an hour workout a day and just something small to start there. But we are, we are trying to pull in all aspects of, you know, health, not just the fitness realm. So we do like wellness retreats. Um, we get in different dietitians to come in um, to the community and everybody is welcome to come and listen to different ways to help your overall health. So we're trying to be more of just a gym, but also a wellness facility. Excellent. Um, so right now you said you have about four employees, um, mm -hmm. you know, you group classes, PT, things like that. You know, how many classes a day do you have? Is there any gaps throughout the day? Um, are you open seven days a week, six days a week? Kind of walk us through, you know, like what's, you know, all the yeah. stuff. Absolutely. Right. So we're open six days a week. Um, we have no less than four classes every day. Um, on Thursdays, we have a lady here who comes who has done personal training for 15 years and she just comes and does personal training all day. Um, she comes from Columbus, which is the town above us, and drives just here to help our community get in something that we normally can't. Um, also with that, we do like um, special catered lunches where we do healthy lunches. Um, and like I said, we do no less than four classes a day, except for Sundays. Sundays, we are absolutely closed. So, but that might change in the future, but for now, that's where we're at. <laughs> As I say, Sunday, Sunday, you know, weekend days are usually uh, no big and big for the fitness peeps because you know they uh, go out on the weekends and yada yada yada. So, um, 
Well, cool. Uh, all great stuff. You know, you said no less than four classes a week. So kind of walk us through like, what's a typical day of full body fitness? You know, let's say on like a Monday or Tuesday, you know, you guys start at 5 a.m., you start at 7 a.m. Is there a gap like midday? Yes. So on Mondays, we have a 6 a.m. class um, that I teach. I teach a hit class at 6 a.m. And then at 11.30, like lunch, everybody's lunch break, um, I teach a dance class. Um, so dance fitness, kind of like a Zumba. And um, then at 5 p.m., we have cardio boxing. And then we have a step class. Um, so that would be like a Monday, but you might come on a Tuesday and we have boot camp and strength training. Um, so we do anything from pound to yoga to strength. Um, I mean, there's a wide variety and we just keep pulling in new instructors and new classes. So we're really excited about that too. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of get more, more, more things on the schedule. It's almost like where it's yes. back to back for, you know, the first half of the day and then maybe the last half of the evening. Yes. I mean, the more we can get in and the more we can utilize the space and get, you know, I, for me, the biggest thing is, is I want people to, you know, to enjoy, you know, somebody might love boot camp and the same person that loves boot camp probably doesn't love dance fitness, you know? So, so it's, we're trying to make a wide variety for everybody so that you can come if you want to be really intense or if you just want to have fun and get some cardio in. So Absolutely. Um, variety is always good, especially because you're kind of your own little niche in this area where there's not a whole lot of per se competition or other things around that, you know, entice people. Um, exactly. Yeah. So kind of talk to me about, you know, some, some plans here, obviously you want to add some spin classes and, you know, you know, build the, the clientele, you know, what's, you know, what strategies right now do you have in place to kind of help make that happen? Absolutely. So um, I'm so excited about this because we just have some really big plans in store and it's really neat seeing kind of things come to fruition as we go. Um, so our hope is by July to have a spin class in here. There is not a spin class offered within 30 miles of us, which is absolutely insane, right? Because most places there's a million spin classes. Um, so I already have an instructor lined up. She's certified. She's ready to go. Um, and so we have that coming in July. We have a two-year plan overall to go to a bigger facility. We're hoping to get about 5,000 square feet, which is, you know, more than double our current space, which is, would be absolutely amazing. We want to add, you know, um, workout equipment, some strength training stuff, and then also um, maybe even an area where we could offer things like cooking classes and teach people how to eat healthy. Um, so to kind of better do that, we're, you know, applying for grants, women-owned business grants, and things that show that we're trying to help our community as much as possible, because that is our overall goal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the reach more people, help more people, you know, it's, you're going to get them the benefit, but you're also going to get the benefit, you know, on the financial side of things because it just goes hand in hand. So that's, that's nice. Yes. You mentioned you have a two-year plan. Is that what, is that right? To get into this? It is. Yes. What, you know, it, you know, without kind of, you know, giving away too many secrets, I guess, but you know, what's, <laughs> what's in this plan, you know, what, what's in this plan where it's like, okay, this is the step-by-step -step that I'm going to need to acquire X many clients, X many classes, instructors, et cetera, to be able to get into the space without being, under versus over, I guess, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, so basically the biggest thing right now, and I, I think you agree with me, is utilizing the space we have and, and every every hour we have available and every time that it sits empty for an hour, that's money lost. Um, so we're trying to utilize the space as much as possible. Um, you know, if we can double our current clients, then we can set a lot of that back um, for a facility fund um, to get us a bigger area and that's our overall goal right now also like i said we're applying for lots of grants hoping to get some stuff in so that we can fund something bigger yeah absolutely um so you said doubling your membership base is that right? yes yes um so um forgive me if i misunderstood this but you have a building scoped out or is it something you want to build out or you know an existing building to, to kind of rebuild on the inside yeah so we have something i have something scoped out um but at this i mean it could go before we have um a chance to get it and if not then we will look into another building or building something got it yeah okay yeah. just just want to yeah yeah get a get an idea of yeah long way. yeah yeah um so you know, you talked about, you know, you know, woman-based grants um, or women-owned business grants and, you know, other things like that to, to be able to, you know, help speed this along, kind of walk me through, you know, what's, you know, what, what are some things, you know, right now, obviously, you know, adding classes, but like, what are some, some acquisition type things that you're doing to acquire new clients and, you know, to really put you guys um, out there on the market? Yeah, so like currently we are doing what we're calling it the W2 challenge. Um, it was open to the entire community. Um, we called it the walking water challenge. And it was for the entire month of February. And we started a group and motivational group um, for women or men who joined this challenge to get um, a certain amount of steps, 10,000 steps a day and 60 ounces of water. I always feel like it's better to start smaller rather than I know a lot of us fitness people like myself included, we do a gallon. That's usually not something someone's just going to jump right into. So um, to that, it was open to the community. It was $10 a person. And um, most of the people we drew in for that, um, and I think we are at 20 some, um, but they are non-members of the studio. Um, so we're doing that. We're also doing like uh, monthly meditation, um, things to kind of bring in um, community members that aren't necessarily FBF members. So we're doing like a Valentine's Day lunch um, catered with healthy food. Um, so yeah, we're kind of just trying to get the word out with those things. Got it. So <clears throat> kind of just like local networking, yes. um, word of mouth, things like that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, you know, how, how do you feel that's been working for you? I know you said you got like 20 some from an event, but you know, is it, is that the avenue that's going to put you on pace to be able to get into that bigger facility? So I, I, I don't know. I, like I said, the whole overall thing is to pull more clients in. So I'm hoping that that kind of helps them see, okay, um, there are like-minded people here, people that can help me with this. Um, but we do struggle a little bit with marketing. Um, word of mouth and me getting out there and talking to everyone has always been a great form. But of course, I can only do that to a certain extent. Um, 
I'm not able to <laughs> talk to everyone in the community at all times. So we do, you know, a lot of marketing um, via social media and um, and have ask our clients to spread the word. But that is where we're at currently with it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, and obviously, you know, maybe you would agree to this, but word of mouth, local marketing can only go so far for so long before you have to ask yourself, you know, what could I do differently to expand more or reach more or whatever that might look like at some time. Um, so let me ask you this, you know, have you ever tried any paid marketing or advertising to, you know, reach more people to bring more people in? Yeah. So the only paid advertising we've done is on social media platforms and Google. Um, other than that, um, there hasn't really any been any other paid advertising. We do a newsletter monthly out to our clients. Um, you know, about once a year, we'll send like a Christmas card or something. We could probably do more of that. Um, but as far as marketing, that's really where it's been. Yeah. Um, let me ask, uh, how did, you know, when you did those things, how did that turn out for you? Um, honestly, I feel like people like mail, <laughs> um, getting mail, you know, it used to be, if you got an email, it was a big deal, at least when I was young, but, um, now it's like, we actually like physical mail. So that actually helps a lot. If I'm able to hand someone something or our clients are able to, you know, say, Hey, here, take a free week. Um, of classes or um, my other instructors can hand some, you know, something out. Um, but again, that can only go so far. We only see so many people in our day. So. Yeah. You can only play yourself so many ways and have so many hands right. to do all the things. Absolutely. No, it makes sense. Um, another question here, you know, with <clears throat> the, you know, Obviously things will change up and down over time, but with this two-year plan that you have in place, um, you know, or, you know, in place, you know, obviously things can change, but nonetheless, you have, you know, local networking, you have the, those, those things that you've done in the past, you know, in the next two years from this point on two years from now, you know, walk us through exactly, you know, if you have a, a descriptive pinpoint example, if not, it's okay too, but exactly what all things would you need to happen inside that would maximize your space to be able to, you know, fulfill the next piece of your journey. Or let's say, you know, you're at this, you know, maybe right around a hundred, give or take, you know, some, some good months and bad months, things like that. You know, what do you need to acquire like that double membership? Do you need to add four new classes? Do you need to, you know, maybe hire one more instructor over the course of these next two years to, to basically have either capital or, you know, all the right pieces in the pie to be able to go on to this new journey. Like what does these two years look like for you? Uh, big picture. Absolutely. So I think you're, you hit the nail on the head with that. So like the, the thing is, is like, I keep saying we have to use the space, you know, as much as possible. And you probably also know this, instructors or personal trainers, they get maxed out, right? So if I'm teaching three classes a day or another instructor is, that's about 
<laughs> that's more than maxed out. That's a lot uh, through the week. So I would like to pull in two new instructors and um, add some more classes. Like I said, we're going to add spin. Um, so there will be a lot more morning spins um, available through here and probably even um, noon, you know, around lunchtime that um, we're also looking for another instructor to come in and teach classes, maybe more strength training. I would like more to see more of that here so we can pull some different clients. Um, it's also looking through our schedule and seeing, okay, you know, um, in our attendance and saying what classes are actually, are we getting attendance in and what ones don't seem to be as popular and kind of change things up. And that's something we've been working on this month um, because we noticed that some of our classes aren't doing so great and we're having people ask for, you know, things we hadn't thought of before, like mommy me classes for dance and yoga and stuff like that. So we're trying to work on that. But you know, the more people we can get in here overall and get those classes lined out correctly, then the easier it makes our plan or two year plan. So that's where we're at with that. Yeah, or maybe even that two year plan becomes a year and a half plan or it's like, okay, we can start the process early by the time the two year plan, we're already you know there. Um, which is always a great thing for anybody. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. um, so walk us through a little bit, you know, we kind of touched on, you know, like some different tactics and strategies of, you know, maybe acquiring new leads or new members. Um, you know, on average, if you had a specific number or a ballpark number, you know, how many people either a week or a couple weeks or a monthly basis do you see come in your facility um, that are prospects? And then, you know, what's kind of like the conversion based on that? So we honestly get about 10, five to 10 new people in our facility um, a week. So it's not huge right now. Um, with that, we probably um, retain about half of them. And I think it's just, I mean, people, you know, the excuse is always their, their schedule and they're busy and when we offer classes. And that's another thing, you know, having to offer classes when they hit the right places for everyone to be able to to come because, you know, um, somebody that works full time at a factory, you know, is different than someone who is self-employed who can leave at noon and come in. Um, so, you know, it's with that, we retain about half. So, I mean, it's not horrible percentage wise, but it's getting more people in the door too. Yeah. And obviously, you know, <clears throat> you know, I, uh, I worked with this colleague that, was like, they almost called him like the wizard, I guess, in a way that, um, you know, he would give these tactics or strategies on how to keep retention higher and close higher. And it's like, those things are always ways to obviously keep the people that are coming in the door and then retain the people that are already currently in the door. Um, yes. Which brings me to my next topic is, you know, with the people that you're getting, and, you know, you're converting probably on like maybe 50 to 60% of those, you know, weekly basis, you know, what's the retention look like, you know, do you have, I'm sure you have long-term members that have been with you from day one, but kind mm -hmm. of like walk us through, you know, is attrition high, medium, low, like, you know, maybe there's some things there that we can work on, kind of walk me through that. Yeah, so honestly, overall members, of course, like you said, we have ladies that have been with us since the beginning, um, since we opened in every year, like clockwork, they just get a yearly membership and 
<laughs> and they're just here. And, uh, you know, of course we love those people, but then you also have people that'll get a yearly membership. And then the next year they decide not to. So you're always left kind of wondering, um, what, you know, what could we have done better? Or was there something else going on there um, to why they decided not to go ahead with another year? Um, but with that, I think other than our core members, this year we did really well of getting a lot of new members um, right in the beginning of the year, which, you know, we all know in the fitness industry, January is huge anyways. Yep. But um with that, I mean, through the year, as far as yearly members, we only pick up, you know, anywhere from five to 10, probably extra yearly members. And so, um, but the retention of those original people for the most part is pretty, is pretty well. We have a few that drop off, but I would say about like 80% retention. So for our yearly members. Okay. And then, so just again, so I understand this correctly. Um, over like the course of a year, like your positive net gain, we'll just put it like a yearly is, you know, somewhere between five and 10 new people, or is that? Well, yearly members. We get a lot of people that come in constantly. Type of members. Got yes. It. Yeah. But from those people that just do a walk in, like I said, we only usually retain about 50% of those. Got so, it. yeah. So you're, yeah. So just like you have like yearly members that pay for the year, you retain those and then like yes, you know, monthly people that you're acquiring and stuff like that. So absolutely. So our yearly members, like our retention is really high with them. They're always doing it, but, um, from the walk-ins, it's usually about 50%. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, of like all of your member base, you know, what would you say is the attention span of your, your, your memberships? Is it you know, um, do they renew stay for six months, you know, three months, um, you know, kind of, you know, where, where's that lie? So it's hard for, to just give a number on that. Um, because like I said, you can just come in for a month and then, you know, not get another month membership the next month. Yeah. Um, it's cheaper if you pay for, you know, if it automatically gets withdrawn every month. Um, but honestly, most of the people that just come in and purchase a month don't get the next month. So we never, I mean, I, I would say I've never had somebody just purchase a month and then continue to just purchase a month. So, yeah, they usually yeah. pick something different. Yes. So, uh, I'm a numbers person, so I'm going to ask you another numbers question, but you know, if you had to, I promise I'm not grilling you today. Um, if you had to have like, you know, a percentage of like, you know, you have your yearly members, you have your month to month members, or you have like your, your EFT recurring members, like what, mm -hmm. what, what percentage of your reoccurring EFT members would you say makes up your membership base currently? A very small percentage. Um, and that might be something we should work on, um, honestly, to have more of those members. Um, but honestly, I would say maybe 10%. We don't have um, a huge amount of those because I think what happens is rather than, because if you are an EFT member, obviously you have to sign a year contract. And a lot of people don't wanna sign a year contract anymore. They you know, and so, and be held to that. So we get more of, okay, I'm going to pay for this month and I'll see about next month. So, yes. Got it. And then, you know, 
you really quick run me through you have your is it just you have like the yearly and then month to month or do you have like a six-month package like a three-month package um, so currently we have, um, you can buy a year and it's prorated um, anytime you buy it. So if you bought it in, up until October. So if you bought it in, you know, July, it's going to be prorated for the rest of the months of the year. Um, yeah. So then from that, we have a monthly, which is um, $75 a month. So you come in, you get all classes, which is pretty amazing. You know, you get 70 plus classes. And if you're going to be somebody that comes all the time those are unlimited a month and then it goes to 65 if you sign a year contract and have it you know eft um and then from that you can actually buy um and this is one of our biggest things is that you can buy a 10 session um card and with that card we keep them here and you can come up to 10 classes in two months for $70. So that is probably our biggest seller more than anything. And then you can walk into any class for $10. Got it. Yeah. The, the month to month. Now, is that like auto reoccurring or is that where once their month is up, they choose if they want to pay again or does it come out auto or is that only like the year? Correct. So it, you don't sign a contract with the month to month with the $75 one. You can just say, okay, I want to pay for this month and they have no obligation to, you know, pay for the next month. So then that's up to them if they're coming at all that month, but you know, they're, they can have unlimited classes. And then the 65 it, uh, is that auto recurring. It's a cheaper rate, but you sign up for a year. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Now, fancy me this it have you ever thought about or you know would it would it completely change you know maybe the financial side of your business if you you know revamped or did something different where you had an auto reoccurring monthly membership where you know say it was I don't know like some of the some of the gyms are like 150 a month or mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's 100 bucks a month but it's auto EFT and they would just do like a 30 day cancellation, you know, with their, has that ever crossed your mind where maybe redesigned your membership base where it's like, Hey, we have this monthly month to month, you know, you just have to throw a 30 day notice, but you get X, Y, and Z, you know, would that change the dynamic of your membership? No, it, it wouldn't. And to be honest, every year we've been in business, we have revamped our pay or, you know, our pricing um, and how exactly that will go because we keep learning, okay, this isn't the way to do it. Let's do it this way. So no, it probably would help it. Um, absolutely. And that's something we can look into. Um, yeah. Like I said, we're still learning and I'm still very new to this. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm always, it, I'm always love to hear new things and hear how we could, you know, help to, you know, see better, you know, financial revenue from it. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking, you know, um, and I'll lead into this with the last couple of questions here, but you know, it's like, I've been in the game for, I don't know, whatever years It's like just different, different like styles of memberships and things like that. It's like, you know, if you could have like a, you know, median price point of somewhat that, gives you the most value and benefit, but also benefits you, then it's like, okay, if I focus on selling more of those, but it's still benefit for the members, then okay, now everybody's benefiting. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, always, always good things to think about. And, you know, like you said, you, you learn as you go and every year and, you know, maybe you get feedback from the members like, oh, well, you know, if we did this, what would you think? And, 
you know, maybe. Yeah, just- and we do. And we do a lot of surveys with the members and see. And my thing has always been, I never want us to be too expensive that people don't feel like, you know, they can come to a class. You're right. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. Well, good. I'm good. I'm glad to get on kind of wheel spinning on just like different things to, you know, do. Um, <clears throat> last couple things here as we, you know, get closer to um, oh, lunchtime, maybe. Um, <laughs> what, um, if you had to, you know, step back, um, I was, there's probably like several things, right? But, you know, if there was, you know, you were to step back or you were up at night and you're just like, oh man, like, you know, there's these just like one or two things that like, if I could tweak, it would just take off. Like my business would just take off. Like what, what would those one or two things be? Like if you've had those thoughts up at night? Man, that's a, that's a really good question. It's actually a hard question too, um, because there's so many things that come to mind. Right. Um, but I think overall it would be marketing and how to find that niche with marketing um, to get more people in the door. Because I found once people come in here, they realize how amazing it really is. Cause we've been built by this community of women. And um, like I said, we're kind of like a family. And so it's like somebody comes in and your family too. And it's, it's amazing. So if, you know, the one thing I, I think that I would absolutely say is if I could figure out how to market to actually get people to come in the door, you know, and to experience just a class, um, that's, that would be my ultimate goal there. So, yeah. Maybe a huge help to kind of speed up that plan and allow you to, you know, give some breathing room to be able to make those decisions ahead of time where it's like, okay, this is the path we're on. This is where we need to go. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate that, that, that thought and honesty. And, you know, obviously, you know, everybody's got a different niche and even some of the, the most you know, richest people in the world have those thoughts at night where they're like, man, like if I could just do this one thing differently, it could change the whole trajectory of whatever it is. Yes. Well, and absolutely. And I think no matter, you know, if you're a business person or, you know, entrepreneur, um, no matter how far you get in the game, you still are trying to figure out how to get to the next step of it. So, you know, and that's the key right there. If you're not growing, you're dying in a sense, you know, you're, you, uh, every, every day, something's evolving, something's changing. You know, you got this chat GPT, if you've heard of that, um, there's like just, just so many different things that come up every single day. And it's like, you got to keep up with, you know, the times to be in the game with other gyms. You know, I, I find mm-hmm. that a lot of gyms do, you know, social media advertising and they're like, Oh, like, 30 day challenge, like, Hey, like if you want to be in the best, you know, whatever the, this, the schematics is, but there's, there's always something going on. So. Yes, absolutely. Well, cool, man. Well, last couple things here. I want to open up to you again, to the listeners and, you know, you being in business for a little over three years now, um, what piece of advice or what nugget of advice would you give somebody that's looking to start in entrepreneurship in the health and fitness wellness industry? I think what I would say is just remember that, you know, we all want to make money, right? We're, we're in this business to make money, but I think the most important thing is to remember it's about your clients and the people and bettering their life. And if you put your 
time and effort into what can I do for each individual to help them with their journey, then the money will come naturally. <clears throat> well spoken, well said. I, I concur and agree with that 100%. Um, and, you know, one, one thing I want to want to lead with here is, you know, there, I always give these quotes at the end of my classes and a fellow colleague of mine said, well, why don't you do that on the podcast? And I'm like, I never thought about it like that. So, and I feel I'm going to, I'm going to relay this to you and just the audience that's listening out there is there's a quote that this person said, and it goes, look, your problem is not a fear of failure itself, but a fear of being seen to fail by others around you. And it kind of resonates, you know, it's, you know, nobody wants to fail. Right. But it's like, you have mom, dad, grandpa, cousin, aunt, uncle, you know, three friends down the block, whoever it's like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh, my friend, Oh, their business just sunk to the ground. Eh." Like, it's like, you just kind of have that, that instant, like, um, already perceived fear of emotion or something where it's like, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Like, I don't want to. And it's like, um, you know, somewhat of an internal driving factor somewhat. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that we're sometimes more concerned about what people think of us than actually what's going on. That's you right. Know? So I completely agree. And you know, we're all going to fail. So at some point. <laughs> hey, that's right. We just got to have humility in doing it and knowing, hey, now we need to do it, do this differently and, you know, keep on path. That's right. Well, Amanda, um, last but not least, you know, Go ahead and give a shout out to how can our listeners reach you? You know, how can they find your facility? Website, social media, Instagram. Go ahead and give a shout out. Yeah, so I'm actually in the middle of revamping our website, but you can find us at Full Body Fitness on Facebook. Um, we post all of our information, all things that are going on on there. And you can also email fullbody, B-O-D-E-E, fitness at yahoo.com and contact me directly. Um, and, you know, come and try a class. Every first class is free here. So come check us out. Awesome. First class free. Love that. Be able to get the experience before the actual experience. Um <clears throat> Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for everything you've done today. Um, for everybody out there listening, you know, if this inspired you, if you're kind of in the same boat as she was or she is, and, you know, you want to share your story and your perspective, please feel free to click on our link below, type in all the information. We'll be in touch. We'll get you on the show, kind of get your story of things. But until then, y'all, that's another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Mr. Patrick Nolan of Pivotal Sports Performance, joining us from Parker, Colorado. Patrick, what's going on, man? How are you? Nothing much. I'm good. How are you? I am very, very well. I'm excited to dig into this. Sports performance pulls at my heartstrings. This is how I got my start in the industry.
industry. And so I'm, I'm excited to, to see your perspective and how you guys do things. For people who aren't familiar, and, and before we have the whole business conversation, Patrick, give us a little bit of a description here. When you tell people what Pivotal Sports Performance is, what do you talk about? Oh, I guess our kind of biggest like selling point to a, you know, a parent walking in is for people that are reaching out to us is speed and power. Um, we're not, you know, we don't have a bunch of weights and everything. I mean, we have the basics things, um, but everything is geared towards speed and power. So a majority of our sessions with all our athletes is the speed part, whether that's a linear day or a lateral day or kind of a multi-directional day um, where we tie them both in. Um, so that's kind of what most people drive that are driven to us for. Mm -hmm. And then when we get into the weight room, we're mainly based on that power and speed of velocity-based training, a lot of Kaiser equipment used for that. So we're tracking a lot of that stuff. Um, we're not maxing out, going heavy max strength. Because a lot of our athletes, too, are in season or getting ready for season, um, especially with the youth athletes. There's no off-season these days. No. So I have, I've kind of programmed where it's in-season training year-round. Um, so we're going to, you know, volume's not as high. Um, but, yeah, the speed and power is our main focus. And so this is – as the name would dictate, mostly in the the you or the competitive sports realm, helping to make athletes better athletes overall. For people listening, because this is somewhat of a niche concept here, Patrick, is there any element of the business that serves a, a general population? I I think I understood correctly that there's a group class of some sort that meets somewhat frequently. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we well. have an adult, we have an adult fitness uh, group that comes in. We have a early morning one before work and then kind of the early uh, middle of morning uh, where they drop the kids off and everything and they have time to work out. So two times a day, um, different. Um, but again, parents of all aspects. And again, going back with our sports performance kind of, niche thing is they look they're usually ex-athletes all of them are yeah. of <laughs> kids with athletes that are coming in um and they look the best when they were playing sports yeah. so we we do athletic stuff it's not just you know kind of a For, typical uh, like circuit training yeah. um thing like that like i work on some sprint mechanics with them we'll do some lateral movement just because you never know when that time comes or if they want to, you know, play, pick up basketball with their kids. Yeah. Front, that flag football league needs an MVP. We don't want them pulling a hamstring just playing catch with their kids or something like that. So I we train them that way. Of course, there's modifications at that age and with their injury history, things like that. So sure. we make a lot of modifications, but the whole goal still is to train them like an athlete. Yeah. And, and for a long time, CrossFit filled that void. I think those that were in competitive sports found their way to CrossFit just because it was still somewhat competitive. But I think in the popularity wave, it's somewhat on the downswing nationally, CrossFit. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of facilities are getting back to what you're talking about, training that 
22 to 40 demographic still in a way that that they can look and feel athletic of course we're going to make some changes these guys aren't getting on the field six days a week but it's still a a void in the marketplace that can really really serve a purpose take us back patrick i'm interested in how all of this got started when and when was it that the idea popped into your head not when was it that the day the doors opened when was it that the idea of pivotal sports performance started formulating in your brain um well yeah getting into this field um i had no intentions ever of owning a gym never even thought about it pictured it um to be dead honest i was like i'm just gonna be a workhorse train athletes at whatever facility i'm at um become part of that team that family um, but through a couple of years of working with this one facility, um, the vision just kind of started changing. Um, of course, money's involved, things like that. We moved facilities, um, partnered with other companies, um, kind of creating that whole wellness thing, um, different other entities, such as like a baseball specific thing, um, that calls different issues as well. But um, once kind of the visions didn't align, um, I was like, all right, well, I'm not much of a complainer. I'm going to go do something else about it. I'm not going to sit yep. there and come in every day and complain because that's going to affect my athletes, whether I'm able to hide it or not. They're still, they can read that stuff. No, they know. Yeah, yeah. they know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was then at that point when I started – you know, first thing was coming up with a name. I feel like everyone tries to do that first and came up with that in the middle of my sleep one night, woke up, wrote it down on a piece of paper. I was like, oh, I'm sticking to that one. Um, but then, yeah, then you go into all the groundwork. Um, and I always tell like some young coaches um, trying to open up their own too. Of make sure you have a client base, things like that. Like I've seen a couple failed gyms of opening up the doors without having a reliable client base, things like that. That's a bold move. That's an important it. point for us to talk about for sure. But yeah, I mean, when I, uh, when I was on the verge of leaving and everything, of course I made, made peace with my previous bosses, things like that, made sure legally everything was fine. Like obviously clients are going to follow you. Um, it's not, they're not there for the gym. They're usually there for the coach. Yep. And I took that into my approach too, of like when I have a coach leaving at some point, like I know I'm going to expect those athletes. We're going to take a out. bit of a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to be the one that like, no, these are our clients, things like that. It's, it's, uh, it's um, the nature yeah. of the industry at least. And I think that's going to be an ongoing thing regardless but you mentioned one thing that i think is really really worth highlighting is that we see all kinds of examples of businesses that go out of business far sooner than one would have expected just because they don't have the finances to get off the ground first i think in a nutshell this is a business and money in versus money out matters this is really really important and starting a gym is usually not cheap you know, we got to make sure that we're bringing in some form of, of decent income to be able to keep up with expenses. So when you guys started here, Patrick, we brought 
at least a starting roster of clients with you. Beyond that, what did you do to find new clients, whether athletes or adults? What's worked for you from a, a marketing standpoint? And maybe think, pair that with what hasn't worked, if there's been anything that didn't go so well for you. Yeah, so I've never ran like a Facebook ad. Any, I've never paid for marketing in any way. Um, in this kind of niche business, um, it is, I mean, just like in all the fitness industry, though, it is referral. But I think in terms of the sports performance, it's very referral based. Um, and that is me going out supporting an athlete um, just in their games. Um, going to see them play um, is a big thing. Number one, you're going to build a stronger connection with that athlete and retain them. So that's a huge thing. Number two, you're going to be able to see them perform and how are they doing and kind of, all right, maybe we have to make some adjustments to the training. So I'm kind of doing a little film work per se there of like seeing how they move um, in more chaotic situations, things like that. And then three, the big hit home is you're sitting in the stands with their parents. Um, they're talking to other parents. They're like, Oh, Hey, this is coach Patrick. He's been training uh, Jimmy and, Look how fast Jimmy's gotten. Really, oh, wow, I got to send my kid there. And it's just that whole trickle-down effect there, um, which yep. is probably the biggest thing for my business. Um, besides the start of when I actually started, was COVID was a blessing in disguise. Tell us about that, because I don't hear that that often on this show. Go ahead. Yeah, so I opened up my doors in the middle of COVID, um, kind of after it was in – June of 2020. So like the big peak shutdown, everything was over and things were starting to open up again. But in my area, um, a little more on the conservative side, I'd say. Um, but my athletes were coming in and other parents were like, wait, what's your kid doing in the day? I want to get my kid out of the house. They weren't going to school, things like that still. So I had kids flocking in all day. Um, so I didn't even have, actually, I didn't start going back to my adult groups. I didn't start that until probably a year, year and a half after opening the doors because I had kids throughout the day and that's my number one passion is training athletes. Um, still love my adult clients and everything like that, but it's kind of my true passion is to train athletes for speed and power. Yeah. But yeah, so I had kids flocking in at high numbers. Which is, yeah, which is an interesting aspect in the timeline of all of this strategic on your end i'm not sure if it was necessarily planned that way but it, not worked out. it was not it planned worked out. a lot more risk and then the reward came yeah uh and so here we are let me just kind of summarize and make sure that i understand everything word of mouth is is the big driver here referrals pounding the pavement getting to games getting into in front of people, the quote-unquote guerrilla marketing, if you will, mm -hmm. but we're, we're just being visible, if nothing yeah. else. Haven't spent anything in advertising, but I'd imagine social media is still a big part of this. Is that right? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Not your favorite. Not I, my I'm favorite. I actually have, I have high school kids actually running my social media now. What's um, the experience been with that? I Often we hear we work with an agency or we outsource it to somebody. I don't get that often. We have high school kids running it. How has that been working for you guys? 
It's been awesome. I I mean, so yeah, in the beginning, they're the experts. I'll go back. It's like I use social media. You'll not see like top production videos from me. Like there's a couple just from like pro athletes bringing their uh, camera guys in, and then I just reposting theirs. But for mine, it's like the story. I'll I so I take a bunch of videos. I've I don't know why my phone holds so many, but I have like twenty two thousand videos on my phone. <laughs> Never deleted anything. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. And you can scroll through it. It's just you see turf in the background on everything. It's just people running everything because. At the end of the day, I'm just doing a lot of video analysis myself. I'm like, all right, where's the common trend? The high school group, uh, we're a lot of casting, a lot of we need to work on front side mechanics, things like that. Um, that I could kind of just go over film review. I just love watching that stuff. I'm a huge yeah. nerd when it comes to so no shortage of content. It's just yeah. how do we purpose it, right? Oh so, yeah, and then I just. I'll just go on and throw a couple out there on Instagram. I know I haven't read in anything into social media. I mean, I might post it at 10 o'clock at night. It's just whatever it is. Um, I don't post after each session or after each rep. It's like at the end of the day, a little my wind down and just kind of post a couple. I tag, I tag the kids. They love it when they get on. It's like a sports center top 10 for them. Mm. And then they repost it. And then their friends who aren't training with me sees it. They're like, oh, what? You're doing that? I want to go do that. Yeah. So that's where kind of the social media started. But then going back to uh, having some high school kids run it. I just, I mean, high school kids are so good now, like making the real <laughs> everything. And I don't want to spend hours on it. Like we do, we do an athlete of the week just to highlight an athlete. Where's like basic questions like what's your favorite exercise? What's your least favorite exercise? Favorite music? What sport would you play if you didn't play your sport? Things just to get to know athletes. When I was running it, it was maybe like once a quarter athlete of the, of the week because I'd always forget to post them, things like that. But now it's set every week. Uh, we just had a new one. One went to college and he was still doing it for a while. And now he's studying abroad in Australia. So we brought on we made a social media post of a wants to run social media i had like 10 people inquire about it took the first one um and again it's a low stress job it takes them like an hour a week yeah or something but it's for people that are interested in kind of going that route in their future so another avenue of kind of goal of ours is to provide these athletes outside of sports and develop them so perfect opportunity to she's an athlete that trains with us and she's unreal with whatever software she uses she changed she's like can i change the outlook i was like it is your playground like it's a blank canvas um she she sends them to me of course to like edit and final thing just to make sure nothing inappropriate really that's the only thing but it's not even a worry about that um, but yeah, they run it. They repost all the stuff like my other coaches post, things like that. Yeah. Shout out to the pivotal interns then. Good. Yeah. Now, yeah. you mentioned we haven't haven't spent any money in advertising. Is that because of your perspective on social media or something else? Oh, uh, just haven't needed to. Okay. Um, Do you think you will in the future? Is that something you kicked around at all? Uh, I've thought about it, but again, at the same time, I don't want like the Groupon P 
people coming in. Yeah, no, I hear you there. Like we I, we want serious athletes and commitment and everything. Like, if you're just gonna shop around, I can't get you faster and better in one month. Fair enough. So like On the same page and, and agreed with you there. So we don't we'll we'll take uh quality over quantity. Yep. And do that. Take me to the next step here, Patrick. Just getting somebody interested in is half the equation. How do they actually go about signing up? Who do they meet with? What's that, that consultation process like? And, and what do they sign up for at the end? So yeah, that right now is a little bit of a mess, I'd say. It's, it's actually my, my current athletes are helping out with that process a ton, which I love, kind of that culture and community we've built now. Because um, again, we do group training, but an athlete, you you come in, you sign up for a free trial, so you join join a group, um, and you might show up with three other athletes in there, or you might show up with fifteen other athletes. And when it's fifteen, that's when I feel like it's a mess because it's like I gotta contain all fifteen. Um, I can't just kind of identify you and walk you through the warm up process, things like that. You kind of gotta hop in in which I have liked that but what I've really loved is other athletes from different schools different sports helping in coach that other person up when they see like hey what are we doing things like that yeah. so it helps build that like courage piece too of like hey you gotta introduce yourself to a new new person things like that again going back to developing development overall sure overall um using sports performance as that realm but uh, so, yeah, I mean, my future goal with, again, um, bringing in new coaches is having the time myself to bring in an athlete because we I do do like goal assessments with athletes. So I kind of built a framework um, and then how we kind of follow up and hold ourselves accountable with those goals. Um, but that's just kind of on each athlete's thing. But I would like in the future and have plans on it is when you sign up for a free trial, you're going to come in, do that first. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you'll get to know us. But yeah, like yesterday I had two new high school kids come in for their free trial and there was 16 other athletes in there. It was a large group and they kind of had to sink or swim and they both loved it. And so it's kind of a unique culture of like, hey, we're not going to baby you and kind of you just got to go in and get after it and join the group. Um, so it kind of creates sure. that culture and then yep. they sign up and they uh, help the next one because they were in that, those same shoes. Yeah. And so I think every business has things that they can tinker with or, or tighten up along the way to improve processes for you guys having some sort of formalized consultation before throwing them in some sort of move that we can make in the future at least big picture this thing for a minute patrick where's all this going it sounds like we're still trying to add people add athletes into this what is your what is your vision here for the for pivotal as time goes on oh uh, my my vision is i know i don't want multiple locations i've been a part of that too where um just one gym kind of gets more catered than the other it's hard to replicate cultures environments things like that so i want to just 
again, I want to be the rock star in the town I'm in. I want to be the connecting link for sport coaches, the physical therapists, the orthopedic surgeons, like be that connecting link amongst the whole community in our town. And then the surrounding towns kind of is a byproduct and bonus per se, but I want to be kind of like the rock star sports performance gym in our town where we are represented. Like there's four high schools in our town. Like there's a basketball game. Like one of our coaches is there, things like that. I'm like, we are visible everywhere um at the fields in the summer everywhere like we are just you can't miss us um but then also in our facility yeah expanding um that i always talk about you know you see signs of no loitering outside of 7-eleven or something i always joke about like i want like i'm loitering um allowed encouraged like, yeah encouraged <laughs> that's a good one um just because like it's fun like i mean it's always great like when I see like a group just like staying after talking or yeah. uh, like yesterday, actually with talking about those two new athletes, I was already onto my next group and they're sitting there near the cubbies or whatever. And one at the new athlete is um, giving their Snapchat to the other athlete. So they already like trying to be became friends and everything. And I, I just see that in the corner of my eye. And it's kind of like a proud moment of like, Oh, we just connected them and made friends are two different high schools, two different sports. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that stuff, but yeah, that's kind of what I want of, and then it's even better, especially in the summer when like my pro athletes are here and then you see my high school athletes just asking them questions and it's not even like, Hey, can I have your autograph? It's Hey, how, what'd you do in high school? Like, how'd you train things like that? So it's kind of cool for those interactions. And that's like, what I want is that glue of connecting that high school, that college athlete that wants to take it to the next level to ask someone that's been there, done that. It's bigger than sets and reps. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, you've talked about overall development and building people more so than building athletes. It's, uh, I, I hear that a lot from people in this sort of type of model. It's, it's a fun conversation. And I think it's worthwhile to revisit the reason that you started it in the first place, the vision, the, the philosophy at the facility that you were at previously just didn't quite jive. I think I can do it in a different way and put my own stamp on things. Handful of years later, you're still here and, and you're talking about expansion. So it's cool to, to reminisce a little bit on things yeah. like that. It's a, it's a good place for us to wrap our conversation up, Patrick, but I want to save a minute or two for you to tell people where they can learn more about Pivotal. What's the best website? What's the best social media? How can people find you? Um, it's pivotalsportsperformance.com. Um, my email is info at pivotalsportsperformance.com. Um, those are the two ways to get to the website. Um, just find out more about the gym. Um, social media, it's pivotal sports performance at pivotal sports performance on Instagram. My personal one, which they're both like the same thing. One's just a repost, one's the posting one, depending on what it is or what, yep. my, what my high school interns tell me to do. Um, so <laughs> the, wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom. Um, so my, my personal one is at coach underscore P-man. Straightforward and simple. 
yeah. connect with Patrick and the Pivotal team on one of those platforms. Patrick, this has been awesome, man. I, I absolutely enjoy these types of conversations and getting to hear different perspectives and what owners are thinking about when it comes to running their business. I'm yeah, excited to see what the future holds for you. So I appreciate your time and I wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate it. Thank you and have a good one. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily. And joining us on the show is Nikki from Nikki's Nutters Group Fitness. Tongue twister there. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. Thanks good to hear you know we're definitely excited to have you on um before we but before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you guys have going on at your studio please tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place okay so how I describe it is more like we're a social club that just happens to do fitness um so if we're group fitness and all our classes are group based and um, we have tons of fun and it's just a very easy going way to get into fitness um, we basically started because of the pandemic which is weird because you know other gyms were closing around us and we we've opened because of it and um, so I used to work in local leisure centers in a private gym just doing the odd class a couple of times a week um, through the pandemic obviously a lot of us went online and did classes um, after we came through that and we were allowed out, I rented a space, just a room in a local studio. Um, from there, it kind of grew. We needed a bit more space. We needed our own space where we could have it when we wanted it. And then we opened in October um, 21 with our own space and the Nutters had a home. <laughs> cool story. So I think something that you mentioned earlier that when we were talking is that you said, if it wasn't for COVID, then your gym wouldn't exist. Yeah, no, because um, that's it. I, we all had time to think during lockdown. So a lot of it was I was filling classes for other people. Um, so, you know, what was stopping me from doing that myself? And there was nothing. There was no good answer to that question. Like, why aren't you just doing it for yourself? Yeah. Um, 
So we were lucky in finding the venue we're in at the moment because it is quirky and it kind of fits us um, the way we are. So, you know, it was a, just the venue popped up and I was in the right headspace to go for it then, I think, as well. Yeah. So, I mean, how has that transition been from working for somebody else to working for yourself? Um, it's, it's easier than I thought it would be in that I love the culture that I can create now. It doesn't have to fit into anyone else's idea. And because I've come from doing classes before, I already had, like, I knew I had people that were going to come and use the space if it was available. So having that kind of backup of those people there that wanted me to open somewhere, it makes it a lot easier than just going out and opening the space without that clientele already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you said it's easier than you thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk to us a little bit about that because a lot of people, you know, when they step into entrepreneurship, they're like, this is hard. Yeah. It's not easy it's just easier than I thought it would be I mean I've learned some great new skills I can build you a spin bike in about five minutes now which I never thought you know after you've built eight of them in a row it kind of you get good at it um but just the I think as well with women we tend to have a lot of self-doubt in our own abilities um we have like that imposter kind of syndrome going on and I think that was it I thought oh I might not be able to do it, it might not be a success, but why wouldn't it be? You know, and it has been, it's, we're still open, we're doing well, we're, we're trying to grow. Um, I think, yeah, you've just, the side I thought would be hard would, would be to get people through the door and keep it going. But because I already had that face, that bit was fine. It's the other things that are hard, like the building, the bikes, the, the maintenance and things like that, that, you know, you don't realise you're going to have to, have like be a jack of all trades when you you're a one man band kind of thing yeah yeah so when you first started the gym like you started with a a base of clients already yeah um so let's talk a little bit about marketing and what's been working in that area for you guys like how did you get your base of clients so they um during the the lockdown we created a little facebook group and um, so everyone stayed in touch through that because i was at different gyms all over and people would follow their, to those gyms with me. So um, we created a little group and we would go meet up for walks when we could and do online exercise. So that kept them in the loop with what was going on. And then kind of when a bit more official, we created like a full business page. So then people would share that and they would see where I was teaching my classes and things and they would come along. And then obviously when we opened this place, we already had that platform there. So social media is great for that, for getting that and for spreading the word. But also when we opened, there's um, like a site called Nextdoor, which is basically just like a community site. And it'll get people in local to your to your area, you know, and you can do free posts on there or you can do paid advertising as well. It's very similar to Facebook in that way. And you can kind of set it to an area you want it to go out to. And I think Facebook and Nextdoor have been brilliant for getting people to find us. Mm -hmm. So did you do paid advertisement on Facebook? Um, I I did at first. When we first opened, I did a couple. And I've done a couple on Nextdoor. Um, I think the ones on Nextdoor that have been paid have worked better for us. 
Um, but it's definitely worth investing in marketing. Um, we have organic posts as well that, that get some traffic, but I think you reach a bit of a wider audience if you do pay, pay for it. So let's talk a little bit, little bit about that because recently with the interviews that I'm having, it's like sometimes people have a good experience with it. Sometimes people have a not so good experience with it, but why do you see the value in paid advertising? I think it's when um, we're in a position where, and we do have a lot of footfall that goes past as well. Um, so it's always worth it though to get those people that won't know you there. Um, it's the only, I think it is, it depends, like say how much you're going to spend. Like I won't spend thousands because it's just not worth it because I can't have that massive membership anyway. But if I spend say a 50 quid, I know it's going to go out to a lot more people than if I don't spend that. And you can see that on your metrics and things that they send you. It's yeah. going to be worth it for me just to spend that little bit rather than thousands it wouldn't be worth it then so you've got to kind of judge it to your budget like how much you're going to set is it going to be worth it the end result mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah. so let's say that i well do you run paid advertisements still are you still currently doing that or is it just like certain times during well, the year i'll probably yeah just do them at certain times of the year like um we won't need to do them this time of year especially january's just been so we'll get people in then anyway um, but I'll probably do one in the summer um, just to, to keep us out there as well. So it, it keeps you relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say that I see like one of your paid advertisements or the one that you, a campaign on Facebook or something like that. Yeah. Um, does that lead me to coming into the gym for a free class or a free child? Like what's the next step after that? And so normally it would just have a, you know, a message me button on there. Um, but some offers I do and I'll say like you, you know you can come down we'll do like 50% off your first class or we'll do like we do competitions as well sometimes which are normally really effective is if you get people you know to tag two friends in um, share the posts make sure they like the pages and we'll do like a three months pass or something and they are really good they get, they'll get you all the people in and even if they don't win sometimes they'll then get in touch just a message you and say, well, it looks good anyway. Can I come down for a class? So if you get in touch that way, I'll say, yeah, just come down for one. Come try us out. And then if you like it, then you can you can either pay as you go or you can get a pass or be a member. Yeah. yeah. So do you, are you doing, and I think I already know the answer to this, but so are you doing like the selling as well? Like, are you closing the deals for people that want a recurring membership? Yeah, yeah. It's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> So did you feel like, were you coming into opening up a gym? Were you already confident in your skill set with skills, with skills, with sales? <laughs> um, I think the atmosphere of the gym speaks for itself a lot of the time. But um, the one thing I am terrible at is networking. Like we, when you're at an event and I'll probably sell someone else's gym before I sell my own and it's terrible. You know, <laughs> you're just like, but because uh, we we're not a great fit for someone like if you're a fighter and you want to train and do this and that, we're not going to be the place for you. But I can tell you who is and I'll probably direct you that way first. So I do need to start promoting myself better. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's fine once I'm with the person. If it's someone inquiring about it, I'll speak it off loads. But I do need to be 
a bit better when I am out and about at just talking up my own gym as much as, you know, anyone else's really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So my next question for you is like, I run into a lot of trainers, gym owners that are not charging, like what they feel like they're actually worth. So my next question is like, do you feel like you're charging like what you're worth right now? I think so. Cause at the moment it's tough, obviously with the cost of living. And I think I want people to get value for, um, you know, what they're paying for. Cause you are getting a bit more of a more intimate experience here than you would in a big gym. Um, but then you've got to be competitive with the the people around you as well. So it's trying to get that fine line with you want people to feel like they're getting value for money. But you've also, you know, you've got to pay your bills, haven't you? So it, it's one of them. And I think what we tend to do is like if you come to a yoga class, we have one called Sleepy Yoga on a Thursday, which is really nice. It's just mainly meditation. So when you come through the door, you can get a hot drink and a hot chocolate and it's all included. So they're getting value as well. So if you see that as like, oh, well, if I was in another gym, I'd have to pay for my coffee or my hot chocolate or whatever. So you can kind of keep your prices um, like at a decent rate for you, but also just do little things that don't cost that much money actually to make it feel like a bit more of a luxury experience. So they'll feel like they're getting good value for yeah. the price. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about the future for Nikki's Nutters Group Fitness. Where do you want the gym to be a year from now? So February, I don't know, it's the 9th, February 9th, 2024. How do you want your gym to change and evolve over the next 365 days? So the, the main thing for us this year is, because um, we are over the two floors um, and our downstairs area is where we have the weights and the spin is we've got half of that that still isn't finished so that would really you know be a good extension for us and that's where we would do like the weight training and circuit style classes so the thing for me this year is to get that finished so we can have a big full space and get more members in because at the moment um you know we're kind of at where we can be with members but I would love to get more in and the other thing is as well is to get someone else in to do the classes so we can have more classes on during the daytime we can when I'm working in the day job um and just more of that yeah get more people through the door yeah yeah so I mean what's the goal end goal for you Nikki um because you're obviously you're separate from the gym so outside of the gym like and we briefly touched on this a little bit before we went live with everything but what's the end goal for you so the end goal really is to have this making money when I'm not here <laughs> that's that's it really um so I think I probably will never get rid of the day job completely because I'm a little bit sensible I've got a pension involved in that and stuff as well so get the years in with them um but for this to be something I can do um just forever really so when I do retire from the day job, I can still have this as something to come in. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to expand and get new locations or anything like that, but I would just like this to keep going. Because um, um, it is, I do think we do want for something a little bit different. Like, 
we're not really results based we're more based on how do you feel if you had a nice time you know it's it is very much a social place rather than just full-on fitness and results i mean they'll happen as a happy accident but we want you to have a good time while while you're getting there yeah so really focused not so results based but more so focused on i think that the community aspect and the culture which is something that you touched on a little yeah. bit earlier too definitely gotcha all righty well i got one more question for you before we wrap up here um if you could knowing what you know what you've learned now um look back and give yourself a piece of advice that you needed to hear before you decided to open your gym Okay, so I would definitely have told myself to do it sooner um, and not wait for, you know, a world changing pandemic to give you the kick up the bum that you needed. Um, you know, just go and do it. Um, we, like, I was really lucky because I've done it without um, any, any loans or anything like that. So we've built it up as we've gone, which has been the best way to do it. So I would just tell myself to do it sooner. Just do All right. it. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Nikki, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. So we are just Nikki's Nutters and there's only one of us on Instagram. So if you just search that, you'll find us there on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And we're nikki'snuttersgroupfitness.co.uk. All righty, Nikki. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to continue to accomplish down the road. Also, you're welcome. To everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. Excuse me. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Morris out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.